0: Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. After a thousand years of peace on earth, you'd think everyone would be happy. Unfortunately, this is not so. As the millennium wraps up, there's a final rebellion and a final battle to quell it. It's then that Satan finally gets what he deserves. An infinite sentence in a lake of fire. From the Moody Church in Chicago, this is Running to Win with Dr. Erwin Lutzer, whose clear teaching helps us make it across the finish line. Today, Erwin Lutzer continues a series on The King is Coming, Preparing to Meet Jesus. In this, the eighth of ten messages, our focus is on that time when the King reigns in his kingdom.
1: So, blessed are those, he says, who participate in the first resurrection. The first resurrection are the resurrections that we talked about of all believers. The second resurrection is the resurrection of the unbelievers. And he says, blessed are those who participate in the first resurrection because over them the second death has no power. The second death is the lake of fire. Now, we get to the end of the tribulation. What happens at the end? Unbelievably, there is a rebellion. Verse 7, and when the thousand years are ended, Satan will be released from his prison and will come out to deceive the nations that are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog. Don't confuse that with the Gog and Magog that is found in the book of Ezekiel that we preached about, totally different circumstances. Gog and Magog sometimes used generally as uh, nations that are rebellious against God. And you have a rebellion. Now, how could that happen? Well, remember the people who go into the millennial kingdom, they have children, and those children grow up and some of them trust the king under whose authority they are, and others don't. They still rebel against God. And so there is a brief rebellion. This is the last war of all of history on planet Earth. After this comes eternity, and there is no other battle. None. And then the Bible says that fire comes down from heaven, God takes care of it very quickly. And then it says Satan is thrown into the lake of fire. I wonder who throws Satan into the lake of fire? An angel? Maybe. I have a friend by the name of Stephen Davy, who's a great preacher of the word, and he suspects, though he can't prove, this is speculation, he suspects that it might be Adam. And maybe his wife, Eve, who get to throw Satan into the lake of fire. I mean, wouldn't that be great? I mean... Throughout all these centuries, you know, Adam has been pinned with... I mean, it's his sin and the sin of his wife that got us into all this trouble anyway. You know, it's Adam that sinned, Adam that sinned, because they were deceived by Satan. Wouldn't that be something if Adam had the privilege of throwing the serpent who deceived him into the lake of fire and brimstone forever and ever and ever? We'll have to wait to see if it's true, but maybe it is. How does this all end? Well, you're going to have to take it by faith. But in 1 Corinthians 15, we have the ending of this era. After the thousand years, it says in chapter 15, verse 24, you can look it up later, 1 Corinthians 15. It says, then comes the end when the Son delivers the kingdom to the Father. That God may be all and in all. It only makes sense. In eternity past, God the Father said to God the Son, I'm going to give you a people to redeem. Sometimes we refer to them as the elect. Jesus always referred to those as those whom thou hast given me. So Jesus comes and redeems these people. He dies for them. He wins victories over Satan and shows the superiority of Jesus and shows the tremendous victory that Jesus Christ wrought. And when it's all done, he who came to do the will of the Father now submits the kingdom to the Father, the Bible says. What is the Father going to do? Well, the answer to that is found in other passages that say very clearly that the Father then obviously gives the kingdom back to the Son because Jesus is going to rule forever and ever and ever, and we will rule with him forever and ever. Which is the, yeah, you can clap if you want. Things are going to get much better, much better. And ruling with him forever and ever, actually, and all that, and eternity, and the New Jerusalem is really the subject for the last message in this series. So, what I want to do is to bring this down now very quickly to where we live. Why should what we have learned today change us? Why should we be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit? First of all, a word to those of you who are believers in Jesus. I'm talking especially to those of you who perhaps are slothful Christians. You come to church as long as it doesn't cost you anything to be here when it's convenient you're here. When it's convenient, you are willing to do something, but you don't want to put yourself out for Jesus. Uh, You are not loyal in terms of your attendance and commitment. You don't give anything, except, of course, if you happen to have something. You, You don't witness for Christ. You'd never volunteer for something because that would take some energy. And you kind of sloth. And you say, well, I'm a believer, so I'm going to make it. My friend, that means that your position in the kingdom will be less. Jesus talked about the fact that there were those who were faithful and they could rule over ten cities, and others who were unfaithful got five or three. And Jesus said to him, Who overcomes shall I grant to sit with me on my throne, even as I overcame and sat on my Father's throne? Don't take it for granted, that just because heaven is going to be wonderful, you will have the same responsibilities as someone else who was faithful. That's why the way in which you live in this life matters for all of eternity. I ask you, I plead with you today, repent of your lackadaisical, uninvolved, distantly related relationship with Jesus, if that applies to you. And every one of us should ask, is it I, Lord? That's for those of you who are believers, unbelievers. Please hear me. You know why uh, God went through all this? I mean, there are many reasons for the millennial kingdom, but one of the things that God wanted to show are two things. First of all, a thousand years of incarceration did not change. Satan's heart. He came out of the abyss just as evil, with just as much intent to fight against God as he had before he went in. He's probably even more angry. Because evil doesn't change simply because you have an honest, perfect, worldwide ruler. And Satan, in his evil nature, will be evil forever and ever and ever. And that's one reason, among a couple of others, why hell is just. That's Satan. Human beings, under the authority of Jesus, living in the millennial kingdom, of course, if you think of a thousand years and you have longevity, the earth's population at this point is huge. Their children grow up and they say, who is Jesus to rule over us? Yeah, we took that field trip to Jerusalem. We saw that he is reigning there and we see what he is doing. But uh, why should he be the one to choose what mansion we get to live in? We don't want him to reign over us. We'd rather be free in hell than servants in the millennium. And so they actually are going to rebel. Satan's going to be left out of his his abyss, and he's going to find a lot of people who, who are willing to get on his bandwagon and take on Jesus one last time in all of its stupidity and futility. Imagine taking on Jesus. Satan should know better. I mean, for heaven's sake, an angel threw him into the abyss... If an angel can throw him into the abyss, think of what Jesus can do by the breath of his mouth, and it's all over. If you've never trusted Christ as Savior, now I'm talking to you, and I hope the Holy Spirit is talking to you, too. Would you believe on him? Would you see the difference between you and the devil is this. The devil can't repent, and even if he did, he couldn't be redeemed because Jesus never died for him. But for you as a human being, you, if God has talked to you, you repent and receive Christ. Jesus said, unless you are born again, you'll not enter the kingdom of God. You'll not see the kingdom of God. I don't know what else to say to you. The problem is that the children during the millennial kingdom are going to be gospel-hardened. They've heard it all. They've seen it all. And the more they reject, the harder and the more indifferent they become. Don't let that be true of you. Today, if you hear His voice, harden not your heart. I'm going to pray right now, and if God has talked to you, you talk to Him right where you are. Maybe you're listening on the Internet. Maybe by radio. Wherever you are, you talk to God now. Let's bow in prayer. Father, we marvel at two things. Two things grip our imaginations and our minds. One is the evil of the human heart, and the other is the wonder of your grace. And we never get over both. And we thank you that we can understand your grace better because we understand ourselves better. We really do have a rebellious streak in us. Would you, Father, take that away? Would you overcome that in the lives of all who are listening who've never trusted Christ as Savior? Overcome that. And now I'm talking to you, that is to say, the people who are before me and listening in other ways. Why don't you tell God right now that you're repenting of your sin, that you're believing on Jesus who paid for all who would believe on him to be saved. If you desire to come, follow that desire and believe on him. Help us now, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Of course, when I speak about God talking to you, I don't mean in words. I mean through the conviction of sin. If you are convicted, Knowing that you need a Savior, now is the time to receive Christ as your own. I want to thank the many of you who support this ministry. I'm holding in my hands a letter from an Arabic listener who received Christ as Savior. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the truth and the only way. Please forgive me. I accept you as my Savior. Let me ask you a question. Would you consider joining the Running to Win family to help us get the gospel to even more people? Would you consider becoming an endurance partner? Here's what you do. Go to OfferRTW.com. Click on the Endurance Partner button or pick up the phone and call us at 1-800-215-5001. Endurance Partners, pray for us and support us regularly.
0: That was Erwin Lutzer wrapping up The King Reigns in His Kingdom, the eighth in a ten-part series on The King is Coming. The idea of final judgment offends many people. They can't believe God would send anyone to a fiery hell. Next time, what the Bible teaches about the final destiny of all who never believed in Jesus for salvation. This series can be yours on CD as our thank you for your gift of any amount to support Running to Win. For information, call us toll free at 1-800-215-5001. That's 1-800-215-5001. Online, go to offerrtw.com. That's offerrtw.com. Or write to Running to Win, Moody Church, 1635 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60614. Running to Win is a ministry of the Moody Church.